Amen. What is church? We're, uh, we're in a series called What is Church? And today we're going to be talking about one of the first of our three mission statements, which is grow your life. The second two are impact your world and live your dream. So today we're going to be talking about growing within the church, within the context of church. So I want to ask you a question. Tools for Jesus, right? That's what we are. I want to ask you a question. Um, when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Think about that for a minute. What did you want to be when you grew up? Doctor? What? Let me hear some of the other ones. Somebody wanted to be a doctor? Baseball player? I'm sorry? I doubt that. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody want to throw it out there? What did you want to be when you grew up? Teacher? What? A race car driver. Hair, hair designer. Cowboy? <laughs> Anybody? Anybody else? An astronaut. Wow, yeah, astronaut. Well, today we're going to talk about what we should be when we grow up, what Jesus says about this, and how we can actually live and walk in this in the context of growing. So I would like you, if you have your Bibles with us, I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 18. Um, I'd like you to start bringing your actual like paper Bibles, if you wouldn't mind, to church, if possible. I like the sound of papers rustling and actually it's easier for me I don't know about you but when I read my Bible when I when I obviously when I go walking I, I listen on my headphones I, I sit and listen to it and then I'm not as easily distracted but for some reason when I'm holding it in my hand I get super distracted I think about oh I forgot to pay that bill and then I go on my bank app or I think you know oh I should check social media or whatever so for me I, I like I like the actual paper Bible when I'm sitting down to read. How about you? So today we're going to start in Matthew chapter 18. This one is jam-packed. Matthew chapter 18 has a lot in it. We're going to start with verse 1, and it says, at that time, the disciples, now the disciples were the 12 disciples, the 12 that Jesus had called these were ordinary, unschooled men, so keep that in mind. And it says here, the disciples came to Jesus, and they asked, So, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, you think about this. These guys really had no accolades with, of which they could boast. They were not brilliant men by any stretch. They were just these ordinary people but they were constantly vying to know who was the best. Who was the one that was Jesus's favorite? Who was the one that was going to get to sit at the right hand of God? I mean, they were always doing this whole competition thing. And so they asked, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So in classic Jesus style, he doesn't even acknowledge the question necessarily. How many times do you notice that in your own life? You're going through something and you ask God a specific question, and you think, this is, God's going to answer this question, and then he just totally does something different, completely different. That happens a lot, and here it happens with the disciples. He says, it says, 
And Jesus called a child, a child, and had him stand among them. I have invited this morning two of my favorite human beings on the planet. I actually have three favorite human beings. The other one's not here, but this is Selah. And she's one. Come here, baby. Come. Come here. This is Selah. And this is Jackson. (laughs) Jackson, can you come here? Can you stand right here? He's on one today, so just so you know. Okay. Um, So Jackson, how old are you? You're one. Are you? So this is what Jesus did. It was a risk for him too. (laughs) And it says that he called a little one. He actually called one like this. He didn't call an infant, but he called a little one and had him stand among them. And this is what Jesus says. Truly I tell you, unless you turn and become like children, yes, children, you can never enter children. You can never, never enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jackson, come here, let's come over here. We'll see if this works. Jackson, can you turn around and say hi? Hi. Jackson, are you three? Yeah. Yeah. Jackson, what do you have? What are you holding? A chicken. A chicken, yeah. Are you holding a chicken? Yeah. Can you jump up and down for me? Can you show me how big you are now? Are you this big? (gasps) When did you get that big? Wow. Yeah. It's on a roll. Jesus says, unless you change, unless you repent, unless you turn, unless you switch around the way you currently are doing things, like this guy, You will never inherit the kingdom of heaven. You will never see the kingdom. You want me to hold you? Okay, come here. Good example right there. Do you want me to hold you? Okay, come here. You have to turn around. Make it easy on me here. All right, come here. We dance like this a lot, don't we? So Jesus says, unless you turn and become like these guys, it says you can never enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, today. We're going to talk about changing, turning, becoming like these guys. Not childish, but childlike. Book. Yeah, that's a book. All right, can you thank these two? Okay, it's time. (laughs) Okay, go with Papa. Go with Papa. Can I go on stage? Can I go on stage? (laughs) So if anybody thinks I'm exploiting him, (laughs) he this is where he wants to be more than anywhere else. Okay. Okay, so truly I tell you, Jesus says, I want you to really think about this. Unless 
you change. This means that we're not doing it right the way we're doing it. Jesus says, unless you change and become like these little guys, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to get into this today. And I wanted, I want to give you an acronym. Um, he says, therefore, whoever humbles himself like a child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Today, I'm going to give you the acronym DITTO. Make it easy for you. Because we're supposed to do DITTO. We're supposed to be like them in the way that we trust in the Lord. So DITTO stands for the first and foremost word is dependency. Unless we are completely dependent on the Lord, which means we don't feel like we have to have it all figured out. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to be... Uh, now, hear me. Theology is a very important thing. I think it's awesome to know as much as we possibly can about the word of God. But always keep in mind, knowledge puffs up. The Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And when you think about little kids, they are completely dependent, are they not? They're completely dependent. I mean, even, even little Selah, it's like we have to cut up her food. She only has like, like a couple of teeth. And, and she, you know, she, she manages really well though, but, but we have to cut up her food. They are, she is completely dependent, even for something as basic as eating. They're, they're completely dependent. So Jesus is saying, unless you are the most dependent on God, you are not the greatest. Okay, so that's the D. What is D? Dependent. Okay, the I is innocent. Children are so innocent until humans, until adults, not the kids aren't humans, not until adults defile them, not until adults and life and circumstances come in and rob them of that innocence. Children are so innocent. I mean, they believe, they believe their parents. They believe adults. When adults tell them something, they believe it. And Jesus is calling us to be innocent like that. He says, be wise as a serpent, but be innocent as a dove. What he means is, is be, be trusting. Don't assume that God has, has your worst in mind. Don't assume that God is not this loving, kind, compassionate, gracious, forgiving, merciful daddy. Because he's all of those things. And so again, Jesus says, unless you are the most innocent, you are not the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So what's I? What's D? D-I. Dependent, innocent. The first T is teachable. Aren't kids the, um, the most teachable? Whatever you tell them, they'll believe, right? Which is why it's important to tell them the truth. <laughs> because they will believe literally anything. On, uh, on Friday night, we were at a wedding. I love weddings. Don't you love weddings? Weddings are so amazing. Weddings are so symbolic of the kingdom of heaven. We'll get into that in a few weeks. But um, at this wedding, and sitting there with this cute dad and his little eight-year-old daughter, and, uh, <laughs> and he said, 
he's, he's, he sits there and he tells her these things and she just, she believes him. She believes everything that he says. And so he's like, they had, they had a, a bucket of chips to stave off the hunger of the guests of the wedding. And, and so he's like, hey, go out and, and get the, you know, whatever, the Doritos. And then also get something in a brown bag. And it's like, she's like, okay. It's like, I go, what's in the brown bag? He goes, I have no idea. <laughs> so he just sends her off on this little mission. But kids, they believe you. And Jesus is saying, unless you are the most teachable, you are not the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Let me ask you this. Are you teachable? Or are you a know-it-all? Are you open to learning? Do you believe that you have something that you could learn from the spirit of the living God? Okay, that's the first T. So dependent, uh, dependent, innocent, teachable. And then the fourth T is trusting. Children are so, so trusting, aren't they? They believe that their parents are going to take care of them. They believe their parents are going to protect them. Kids just trust. They're not skeptical. They're not tainted. They trust. I love that about kids. I love that, that if you tell them, you know, if, if you stand in a swimming pool and you, and you count, and sometimes they wait until the right count, but sometimes they don't because they just trust you're going to catch them. If you say one, two, three, and then jump in the pool, and then adults mess that up. Adults take advantage of that sometimes. But Jesus is telling us we need to be that trusting of our Heavenly Father. We need to be as trusting as a little kid. So I want to speak right now to those of you who are asking God questions and he's not answering them. Maybe you lost your job during COVID. Or maybe you're not able to make your mortgage payment. Or maybe you got a bad diagnosis. And you're like, God, I don't understand. And Jesus is not going to answer our questions directly other than to say, trust. Trust me. You know, he's been God a long time. And he knows what he's doing. And no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what your trial, no matter what your hardship, no matter what your disappointment, no matter what you're going through, I can make a promise to you. You can trust God. You can trust him. He is faithful. He is absolutely faithful. And I was, I was talking to a young woman that I'm mentoring and I was telling her, you know, when you get to be my age, you know, you've been around the, the block a few times and um, you just know God's going to come through. In those times where it looks like he's not going to come through, it looks like God's not answering your questions. He's not giving you what, what you're asking. He's not, he's not like throwing you a bone, so to speak, the proverbial bone. He's just kind of leaving you high and dry. I can tell you this, he is faithful. He has always been faithful. We, we kind of joke about that, you know, that song where it says, he's never failed me yet. It's like, he's never failed me yet. <laughs> but trust me, he is never going to fail you. 
He may not do things the way you want. You know, I, I, I jokingly say, people always say, oh, well, you know, God is the, he's the 12 o'clock God. I always say, no, he's more like the, the 1230 God. You know, he's more like, he's way past the time where we think he should have acted. Way past the time we think he should have moved. But he's always faithful. And you can always trust him. So Jesus wants to say, unless you are the most trusting you cannot be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. If you're trying to achieve greatness in the kingdom of heaven, and this is the one area in life it's okay to compete because God can bless everybody simultaneously. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if God blesses me over here, doesn't mean that he's gonna shaft the next guy over here. It's never at the expense of someone else. But you can be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven if you are the most trusting And that's what he's telling you right now. I just believe there are so many in here right now. And your circumstances are bleak. And your faith is being tested right now. And Jesus wants you to know you can trust. You can trust him. He is trustworthy. So what's the fourth T? Trusting. Dependent, innocent, teachable, trusting. Um, The O. This is the one that's a little harder for people. Obedient. You know, children, we we used to say to my kids, you need to obey right away with a happy heart or a happy attitude. And then they'd always call it a happy-tude. Obey right away with a happy-tude. And this is what God is calling us to do too is even if we don't understand, he's calling us to just obey him, to obey the voice of the Lord. I'll tell you one thing. God does not do things like we think he should, first and foremost, nor does he do things like like the world. The kingdom of heaven is not like the kingdom of this world. And there really are only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of this world. And there's the prince of this world, and he is the king over, over this worldly kingdom, and his name is Satan. There's, there's no gray. There's no, well, I'm kind of the king of my own universe. No, either you're, you serve God or you serve the evil one. There's no in-between. And you know, I, I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when Jesus says we are supposed to go into all the world and make disciples, he's not talking about people that just kind of believe in God. You know, people that just kind of, oh yeah, I prayed that prayer one time, you know. He is calling for people who are completely dependent, completely innocent, completely teachable, completely trusting, and completely obedient. And you know, the Lord will give you everything you need to obey. You know, it says he will never tempt you beyond what you're able to reject or what you're able to withstand. He will always give you a way out. And I know there are those of you right now and you're stuck in addiction and you're, you're believing that you're never going to get out. You believe that you, there's no way you can, re, you can walk away from that addiction. You believe that you need whatever it is, whatever you're addicted to. And we're going to keep it really real today. Can we keep it real today? 
we're going to talk about porn. Statistics, I hope, I hope they're wrong, but statistics say that a huge number of us are addicted to porn. It is an epidemic in this country. And I am not saying this, I'm not bringing any condemnation because Jesus says in Romans chapter eight, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. But I wanna just go on here. Um, In this passage in in Matthew chapter 18, we're gonna skip down to verse nine, or verse eight, I'm sorry, where Jesus says, If your hand or your foot causes you to fall away, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed. Now, when he says enter life, he's talking about eternal life. He is talking about heaven. There is such a place as heaven. And that is is the place anyone who humbles themselves before the Lord and who submits to Jesus Christ as their Savior, not as their Savior and their Lord, they will spend eternity in heaven. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. But when you confess Jesus is Lord, it's not just saying you just say the words like the magic words. Remember when you were a kid and say the magic words, you know? It's the magic word, please. But Jesus is saying, unless you confess him as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can't be saved. You cannot go to heaven. But the promise is that there is no condemnation. He doesn't hold anything against us if we receive his forgiveness, if we receive the sacrifice that Jesus Christ offered on the cross for our sins. That's why we love the cross so much because the cross is the place where Jesus died for all of our sins, all of sin and death and the negative impacts of all of that was was nailed to that cross. And Jesus overcame death. He overcame sin when he was raised from the dead. And that's why it's important to believe that in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And it's saying here that unless You do this unless you cut off your hand and throw it away because it says it's better for you to enter life. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's better for you to walk in freedom and to walk in the things of the kingdom of God with, with a malady or missing one of your arms or one of your hands than to be thrown into eternal fire. And it says here too, it says if your eye causes you to fall away, This is radical. Jesus is saying, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hellfire. This is intense. Nobody would ask Jesus to come and be their guest speaker, would they? It's like, yeah, I was going to ask Jesus to come and speak at our conference, but after I heard that last message about the whole cutting off your hand and gouging out the eye, I mean, this is not like... I mean, this is not like this kind of feel-good motivational message. Jesus is like, you need to be radical. You need to be like a little child. Again, going back, let's go back up to um, 
up to verse four, where Jesus says, he says, unless you turn, unless you repent, unless you are converted, unless you change, you cannot become or, and turn and become like a child. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like a little child, this is the one who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes a child like this in my name welcomes me. And Jesus is saying, I'm asking you to be radical. I am asking you to be radical in your conversion, not to be lukewarm. You know, we're going through Revelation right now in our journal reading as a church. We're, we're going through it. Um, you, can, you can go onto our website and go into the events tab and look under journaling plan and follow along. But right now we're in Revelation. And Jesus says clearly, he says, you know what? I wish that you would have been hot or cold, but because you were lukewarm, I'm just going to have to vomit you out of my mouth. And Jesus is calling you guys, and I don't believe that we have much time left. I believe we are living in the last days, and call me crazy, you wouldn't be the first. But call me crazy, but I think Jesus is coming back soon. I think we are living in the last days. And it says, he will come like a thief in the night. It says, you are not going to know the time or the hour. He's saying, be ready. And if porn is something that's holding you back from living the fullness that God has for you, first of all, I want to offer you hope. There is hope for freedom. If you are stuck in addiction, you can be set free. Can we get a shout out for that? I just want to say this. I believe there are those of you and you, you're believing the lie. You're believing that I can never get set free. And I have come to tell you, Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost. It's for freedom that he set us free. This is not the end of your story. You are not going to be addicted for the rest of your life. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but somebody online. And yes, I'm emotional, so sorry. But I just see so many people so stuck in it and so hopeless and so helpless. And let me just say this, it's not just men. We're going to start a class for women who are addicted to pornography because it's very common. But with the women, the sad thing is, not only are they stuck in this addiction, but they also have the shame on, on top of it that says, well, that's a man's sin. So you're worse than everyone else because women don't struggle. Women do struggle with this. And, and let me say this too. You know what? Sexual sin has been around for a long time since there have been human beings, pretty much. There's been sexual sin. I mean, that was way, way, way back. You can find it early on in Genesis. So sexual sin is not like some new thing. This is part of the human condition. But I want to offer you hope. You can live and walk in freedom. You can live and walk in freedom. Okay? Turn to somebody next to you and say, unless you change and become a child, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. You need to be dependent, innocent, teachable, trusting, obedient. And then I'm going to spell ditto with an H on the end. Ditto. <sighs> Humble. 
That is the most important thing. And one of the most, I mean, you think about any 12-step program, what's step number one? You need to humble yourself, basically, and admit that you are powerless over your addiction. Those of you who are struggling in this area, just humble yourself and admit that you're struggling and admit you cannot set yourself free because you've tried. Jesus Christ came to set us free. Right now, if you're a person and you're struggling with porn, I just want you to just breathe in the hope that you can be free, that this is not the story of the rest of your life. You are not going to be bound by this for the rest of your life. I want to talk about Paul a little bit here, back in 1 Corinthians 9. Remember what I was saying about competing to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's okay. It's okay to compete in this. Paul is saying here, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, don't you know that all the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way as to win the prize. Live your life as though you were going to win the prize. You are going to win the prize for the most Christ-like in the world. You are going to win the prize for the most childlike in the world. You know, kids aren't impressed with themselves. Kids don't feel like they have to, I mean, other than the whole, Daddy, watch! And then they do some inane thing that's ridiculous and not very impressive at all. But think about it. <laughs> but you know what? Kids are humble. Kids know who they are, Right? I mean, kids, and that's how we should be. It's like with the Lord. We should be like, Daddy, watch. I'm going to give somebody money in secret. Or Daddy, watch. I'm going to do something in secret. I'm going to bless someone else. Or Daddy, watch. I'm on my face before you crying out. And he, he's like there. He's like this. Yay. Some of you need to hear this right now. You need to hear your daddy is watching you. And he's impressed with you. He's, he's crazy about you. He's not impressed with you because you're amazing, just so you know. That's part of the whole humi humility thing. He's impressed with you because he made you and he loves you. And he is absolutely amazingly in love with you. And he is saying to you, I'm going to set you free. Turn to me. Turn to me. I'm your hope. I'm your only hope. Be the most dependent. Be the most innocent, the most teachable, the most trusting, the most obedient, and last, be the most humble. Now, humility doesn't mean, oh, I'm just terrible. Humility means you know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you were created to be. Paul is saying here, Maybe you're not the fastest runner, but he's saying run like you are anyway. He's saying run in such a way to win the prize. He says, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. Being like an athlete, exercising self-control. It says they do it to receive a perishable crown, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown. So I don't run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, 
Listen to this now. For those of you who are struggling, I just want to say this. I discipline my body, bring it under strict control, so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And Jesus, again, back in Matthew 18, he's saying, what do you need to do to get set free? What do you need to do? What kind of self-control? First of all, I want to just say this. If you don't know the Lord, this you, you cannot have self-control because self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. But what do you need to do? What do you need to say no to in order to be set free? What does it mean for you? I want to ask you personally, what does it mean to cut your hand off? What does it mean for you to pluck out your eye? What do you need to do personally? I, uh, I have a suggestion for those who are addicted to porn. Your little uh, device, your... Some of you need to do that. Whoa, I felt an electrical surge. <laughs> Probably not the smartest thing to do. Some of you need to do that. Does it seem dramatic? Cutting off your hands, dramatic. Plucking out your eye is dramatic. Jesus is saying, I will offer you a way out. I will offer you a way out. I will never tempt you beyond what you're willing to, to resist. Jesus is saying, he will give you a way out. He will give you a way out. And he's saying, whoever humbles himself like a little child, humbles himself and says, I can't do this on my own, Lord. I can't do this on my own. And let me just tell you, one of the reasons that church, church, I know that has such a bad reputation, that word, but it just means the saints, the people, the eclectic ones, the ecclesia, the ones who are called out, the ones who believe in Jesus Christ, we are all supposed to come together. And one of the things we can do is we can walk with one another in this, which is why we're going to start this class for women who struggle with pornography. We have classes for men who struggle with it. We have base camp. We have classes that are starting September 16th. We have all these opportunities for you to grow. We have Bible studies. We have journaling groups. We have all these things. And these are all ways that you can walk with someone else. For some of you, I know, I know that you, you know, you're an introvert maybe, and you, you don't really like people that much. But I want to say that there's a there's an issue there, but um, not, not that introverts, but people need each other. People have to come together. And it might be a one-on-one -on -one thing. Maybe you need to be the kind of person, you just sit down and you do a Bible study with a mentor. You find someone who's a little further ahead than you are and you say, hey, will you sit down with me? Will you walk with me through this? I'm struggling with this. 
I'm struggling. Getting it in the light, taking away the power of the darkness, getting your sin in the light, just confessing it, walking with someone else so that you can be set free. And Jesus is saying, I want you to walk together. And that's Part of the reason church is so important, being in relationship with one another, being known by somebody else. And humility means you don't have to try to act like you're anything. You don't have to try to pretend like you're better than you are. I mean, I can tell you, the main thing we want to do here is love God and love people. We want to love you right where you are. If you're stuck in sin, we still want to love you. We want to walk with you out of that addiction. And that's what Jesus wants for you too. And so humble yourself. He says, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I just want to promise you that as we become childlike in our faith, not childish, but childlike in our faith, dependent and innocent and teachable and trusting and obedient and humble, God will meet you where you are. And he will blow you away. And this is why I'm, I'm saying to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ means that you love the Lord your God with part of your heart, part of your soul, part of your mind, and part of your schedule. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And, and today I want to offer offer an opportunity if you're someone and you've never first of all you feel you've never been forgiven you know that you've never accepted the sacrifice Jesus Christ offered on the cross he was God almighty who became human flesh he dwelt among us it says and he lived a perfect sinless life and he paid the price for our sins so that we could be set free this is the good news this is the gospel If you have never received that, I'm going to offer you a chance to do that today. We're going to pray together. The second one is, if you're somebody and and you feel like you haven't fully just given yourself over to the Lord, you kind of dipped your toe in a little bit. You kind of, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah. But you know, you don't love Him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. You know, I realize the risk here. I could be just pruning the tar out of this church right now, and that's okay. Because, you know, every single day I go home after I talk to you and I say, did I honor you, Jesus? That's, That's what matters, honoring God. So if you're a person and you feel like you haven't given yourself fully over to the Lord, you're holding something back, whether you have some hidden sin or whether there's something you feel like if you give it up, God's not going to fulfill you or whatever it is. Today, I'm going to offer you the opportunity to give yourself fully to the Lord. And then the third one is if you're stuck in addiction, you're stuck, you can't stop. You're powerless. I'm telling you today, there is a higher power and he can deliver you and his name is Jesus. And he is all powerful and almighty and he wants you to be free. He wants you to walk in freedom. He doesn't want you to walk in bondage. 
So we're going to pray for those three groups of people. And I'm going to ask you not just to kind of sit and listen along. I want you to engage. I want you to engage with the king of the universe. Would you mind standing for those who are here? If you're at home, stand up and let's pray. Do it as an act of faith. Do it because you believe that God wants to deliver you. He wants to save you. He wants to set you free. And he wants to make you on fire for him. Amen? So, Father, we just come before you. Lord, blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, the King of glory, the Lord of heaven's armies. God, we come before you, Lord, and we humble ourselves, Lord. We want to be like children, God. We want to be childlike. We want to be completely and fully dependent on you, Lord God. Lord, we don't want to lean on our own understanding. We want to trust in you with all of our hearts, God. We want to be dependent on you because in you we live and move and have our being. Lord, we want to be innocent. Father, we don't want to be tainted by bitterness. We don't want to be skeptical. We want to be innocent and open-spirited, Lord, to others. Even though they might hurt us, God, we want to be open. We want to be innocent. We want to assume the best, Lord. We want to be teachable. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to be teachable. We want to be trusting. Lord, we want to trust in you. We want to have faith in your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, and we want to be obedient. Father, we want to obey you. Lord, we know that you bless those who obey. There are blessings for obedience, God. And Father, most of all, we want to be humble before you. Lord, we humble ourselves before your mighty hand. Lord, we bless you. Lord, and I pray right now for those, Lord, who have never come into your kingdom. They've never been introduced to the king of glory. They have never received the forgiveness that you offer on the cross. Lord, in the name of Jesus right now, Father, I pray that you would be speaking to those who need to respond to the call to be born again, to be born of your spirit. Lord, no one can be born or no one who is not born again will see your kingdom. No one will come into your kingdom if they are not born again of your spirit. And so I pray right now, Lord, for those who have not been born again, those who have not received your forgiveness, Lord. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that they would take that step. If that's you, would you mind just between you and the Lord, just raise your hand. Just say, I've never committed my life to the Lord just as a sign between you and Jesus. Yeah. For those of you at home too. Amen. For those of you who responded, let's just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would reveal yourself to me by your spirit. Lord, I confess to you that I have sinned. Lord, I cannot save myself. I can't be good enough. I can't do enough good works to be saved. I receive the sacrifice you offered me on the cross and I accept you, Lord. Become the King and the God and the Lord over my life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, and I pray for those who are lukewarm. 
God. For those who are just kind of, eh, kind of just think they're kind of okay, but Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would woo them with your love. God, that your kindness would lead them to complete, completely turning changing, converting, turning from the way they're going to become fully vested disciples. Lord, completely surrendered to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And if this is you, I'm just asking you, raise your hand between you and God. Declare it. Declare it right now. You want to be full on. You want to be a disciple. You want to be 100% for Jesus. Now's your chance. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to these who are obedient to lift their hands before your presence, God. You would reveal yourself to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, and last but not least, Lord, those who are caught in sin, caught in addiction. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I know that you have came, that you came to set the captives free, that you came to bring deliverance. Lord, it's for freedom that you set us free. Lord, and I pray right now for those who are caught in the sin of pornography. Right now, Lord, give them hope. Let them see, Lord Jesus, that you can deliver them. Lord, they can be set free. Lord, that you will give them the opportunity to cut off their hand or to pluck their eye out or whatever it takes. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak freedom right now in the name of Jesus for those who are addicted in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. God, can you just all lift your hands up? We're not, I'm not going to expose you right now. You're welcome. Everybody lift up your hands as a sign. Lord, we are all caught in our own sin. We are trapped, Lord, in our own areas. And so right now, God, we thank you, we praise you, and we bless you that you have come to set the captives free. We want to walk in the freedom that you offer us, Lord. We bless you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Now can we applaud the Lord? Amen. We bless your name, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to say uh, we, we are starting our new classes in uh, September 16th. We're going to start base camp. If any of you have never taken base camp, it's not just for new believers. It's a way to develop relationships, to become part of the family. We're starting other classes. Also for the women's simulcast, which is on September 19th, the, actual, the last day is actually September 15th. Gabe said it was on the 7th, but he was given false information. It's actually the 15th, so you have a little more time. And um, also, I want to say, if you are a person and you want to grow in your faith and you want to you humble yourself, you want to be teachable, and you want to come into relationship, please talk with us. There's, Tiffany's out at the Connect booth. She'll connect you with the right person. She's on the way out. And if you are watching online, you can call our church office. We want people to grow and to become everything God has called them to be. That's why we exist. So can you high five your neighbor and go have lunch? Love you all. Thank you.